You're listening to the Hello CEO podcast. I'm your host, Alora Rochelle. As a wedding photographer turned business coach, I've learned a ton of lessons while building a six-figure wedding photography business. If you're an overwhelmed photographer seeking ways to scale your business by spending less time and making more money, then this podcast is for you. Join me as I share actionable tips and strategies all about mindset, marketing, and sales so you can grow a profitable photography business like a CEO without the hustle and the overwhelm. Are you ready? Let's dive in. funny to me because imposter syndrome used to be a topic that nobody talked about like we all tried to pretend like we had together we've been doing this for years you're just a noob does anyone remember when noob used to be a word (laughs) anyway we're gonna talk about imposter syndrome okay what is it how to deal with it what types there are how it affects you and also just how to get rid of it because that's not how you move forward in 2020 people Come on. Okay, like I said, imposter syndrome. What is it? Okay, so imposter syndrome sounds really fancy, but it's kind of like self-doubt just wrapped up in a present and a pretty bow, basically. A definition I found online is, to put it simply, it is the experience of feeling like a phony. You feel as though at any moment you're going to be found out as a fraud, like you don't belong where you are and you only got there through dumb luck quote that I came across was imposter syndrome is the feeling that you haven't earned your success you simply got lucky and you're a fraud or imposter around people who actually earned it and know what they're doing this really fun fact it said that psychologists first described the syndrome in 1978 Reese 2011 suggests that approximately 70 percent of people will experience at least one episode of imposter syndrome in their lives Well, now that there are more entrepreneurs each and every day, I think that we can say that the percentage is probably 100% at this point. Imposter syndrome can happen at any point in your life. When you get a new job, when you're um, doing a group project and you feel like you're not smart enough. Like there's so many different ways. Anytime that you have the ability to doubt yourself, imposter syndrome can take over. Now, I have never came across the five different types of imposter syndrome, but um, I'm going to link this article in the show notes so you can check it out yourself, but I really loved reading some of these, and I can relate to one of them for sure. Maybe you guys can guess which one if you know anything about me, but um, I want to head over to that article right now and read them because they're kind of fun. So the first one they talk about is called the perfectionist. So basically, this is somebody that experiences a lot of self-doubt because they really worry about measuring up. They time people say that they're control freaks, micromanagers, they don't like to delegate, they'd rather do everything themselves. They think that, you know, if you if you want to do something right, you have to do it yourself. And I think all of us at one point in time have kind of been a perfectionist. I kind of get this way when it comes to like design. Like I'm a little bit of a freak about it because that's my background. Um, but at one point in time you have to kind of lower the bar. Like this type I feel like has a huge fear of failure in a sense that it's not 100%. And I feel like in life, that's why I'm so laid back, but I have been embarrassed to the max capacity of embarrassment just to throw it in there for free. Like I was the girl that 
got her magna cum laude acceptance or whatever. I dressed up really nice. I wore these six-inch wedges, and I'm in the bleachers, guys, in hundred in front of hundreds of people, and whose ankle gives out, and she falls down five different steps of bleachers in front of the entire school. Oh, right, that's me. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm, I think I'm actually just really, my hand-eye coordination just didn't come. Like, I I don't think God was handing those out to me. Like, it didn't come. I'm the type of person who's running really fast. My shoulder will get caught in the door. Like, my, my hands, my, my feet, like, I am so clumsy. I fell on the stairs, like, five times two months ago, and I had to take Motrin because my body was so done with me. Like, I was done with me. Nonetheless, I have learned because of my issue of being ridiculously clumsy and awkward that nothing in life is perfect. So what am I saying is <laughs> if you're clumsy, you've already accepted this fact. But I, I'm saying that not everything in life is perfect and that is okay. We will talk about that more but I feel like I grasped, I had to grasp this much early on in my life because I'm so used to being embarrassed and I'm so used to walking and all of a sudden falling for no reason. I don't know. I just, I I don't know what it is. Maybe my equilibrium is off, but I knew that not everything in my life was going to be 100% perfect. But for people that struggle with being a perfectionist, just know that the sooner you're able to accept that there is no perfect thing all the time, there's no perfect moment, there's no perfect time, and and the thing that you're planning, it didn't flop, like, it's fine. Like, sometimes you just have to brush things off your shoulders and not carry that tension with you. I do find that when people are really, really tense and, like, they are really perfectionistic, that they are very tense like in their shoulders and neck because they're like holding all of that in but the people that are like really carefree don't have that problem there's a reason why I feel like that term that that type of self-doubt is kind of creating like this inner anxiousness but I mean the the best advice I could say is that not everything in life is perfect sometimes life is messy but God life met But God, life is so beautiful at the same time. It's the messiness that you can find something beautiful in spite of it. And I always say if something happened or something flopped or if I'm on my face and I'm like, okay, well, I have nowhere else to go, I have to think of like what right things did I do? What did I learn in the midst of all these failures? And we can kind of change the wording. I don't look at things as failures. I look at things as lessons, redirection, or notes, I maybe call it just like a, a, a note that I can take to do the right thing the next time. And honestly, you don't really know if something doesn't ever go wrong what the need for improvement is. And, and life is constantly improving. We are constantly improving. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to constantly make changes. But that's how you grow. And it's okay. Like, I'm giving you permission right now that it's okay. Not everything in life is 100% perfect. Would it be a great life if it was? Oh my gosh, yes. But it's not. So the more that you kind of tell yourself, like, it's okay to make mistakes. I'm human. Nothing is perfect. I'm not perfect. They're not perfect. You're able to kind of conquer that message that you tell yourself. 
Okay, so this one, the next one, number two, they call it the Superwoman or the Superman. And I'm 99% sure this is all the Enneagram 3s and 8s out there. But um, this is basically the type of imposter syndrome where you feel like whoever works the most or whoever hustles the most is the best. Um, Kind of feels like, you know, you're not measuring up to everyone else who deserves to be here. Well, I don't deserve to be here, so I'm going to work so much that they can't deny my validation, my awards, my achievements, which this is exactly how you get to burnout. So all you Enneagram 3s right now that have burnout and seasonal depression because it's been winter in Michigan for like two weeks, I mean winter like no sun. Okay, off off topic. So what I'm saying is that you have to kind of take a break. Like the award doesn't go to the person that works the hardest if that person is not mentally stable. So I feel like there is a good mixture and which is why I really don't like the word hustle is like there is a good mixture of living and working, working and living, even like work and play. Like that's that's a real thing. And and I feel like that is what I've been learning over the past couple of years is how to create balance. Just because you worked until midnight doesn't make you the coolest or the best person in the room and I mean it's just you're trying so hard to prove something but really deep down inside you know that you feel like you're a phony you feel like when someone figures out that you're not as cool as everyone thinks you are that everything is going to crumble and that's not true like it's really hard to face the fact that you feel that way it's really hard to face the fact that you feel like you're never enough as you are, but you are. And you don't have to leave your hobbies and your passions aside because work matters most, money matters most. You don't have to like stay at the office as long as you can because you have to make that money. Like the, the balance that truly comes, I feel like, is the real reward. Having a mixture of a social life and, and friends and family and a balance of working is what really matters. People don't care how much you work. People don't care all the time what achievements you've had. You're only telling them that because you probably don't believe you deserve it or you want someone to say, oh, good job. You've arrived because no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone does, you're not going to feel that way unless you tell yourself that you deserve your place there. And it's okay to rest. It's okay. On the flip side, we have only so much time on this earth. Do you want to be known as just the workaholic that was a superwoman? No. You want to be known as someone that actually lived your life. Talking to myself here, honestly. (laughs) There were a couple of other ones, but I feel like those two were the main types of imposter syndromes that we deal with day to day in our lives. So the next thing I'd have to say is how are we going to kick imposter syndrome to the curb? Well, I think it's really important if we start talking about it. I feel like um, I was able to deal with my confidence and self-doubt issues when I just vented honestly, instead of keeping it all to myself and just trying to put on a tough face and just being like, like, 
telling someone the truth like I don't really feel like x y and z and honestly this kind of goes into having really good friends that are like um no you totally deserve it you're amazing you're amazing I mean it gets draggy if after a while you're always complaining about it but if you're able to kind of like just tell someone how you feel and then have them like validate you and be like no you're fine like you're killing it then you can kind of see how other people see you so when you make a mistake you kind of feel stupid right and you're really hard on yourself like that's your first instinct I don't know why we aren't really happy when we make mistakes but we're not we're embarrassed you feel stupid and you get weird and it's awkward and however else you respond to failure and stuff like that it happens but just because you feel stupid in that moment or just because you feel like you dropped the ball it doesn't mean that you're a failure and it doesn't mean you're stupid so you kind of have to like address it as soon as you feel weird right my whole thing is like I try to address anytime that I feel negative and I'm always like okay what is this why am I feeling like this and then I could even tell myself, look, well, I only, that was my first time doing it. So, like, that's why it stunk. And next time I'll do better. There you go. Just like that. Dealing with it head on instead of just wallowing into the pit of self-pity and depression and all those other things. Like, if you're able to healthily make a check to your mental health, you're able to nip it in the bud ASAP. That's the next thing is recognizing self-doubt and stop it in its tracks. Instead of taking your self-doubt, like recognize it's normal. It's okay. It's totally normal. And I'm sure somebody out there has gone through the same thing as you and you're not alone. Like that's one thing I really love about the Enneagram is that I've always felt so different and I always like thought I was really hard on myself I feel like in life and I realized from the Enneagram that there are other people that respond to things almost exactly like I do. And there's almost like a sense of hope and community in that. So all you threes out there who need rest, I see you. <laughs> um, okay, so this is what I mentioned. I touched on a little bit. But instead of failure, think of it as a lesson instead. So Henry Ford once said, failure is only the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So instead of beating yourself up for being a person that makes mistakes, that's 100% human, just think, what could I learn from this and kind of move on from there? Don't dread on it. Just completely disconnect from it. Another thing that works is picturing your success. So let's say that there's something coming up that you have to do. Um why don't you picture and visualize yourself succeeding, doing a great job, doing it well? Kind of like what we have to do as wedding photographers, you know? You could completely stress about the wedding day and think about all the things that could go wrong or you could think about all the moments that you get to partake in and how much fun the couple is going to be. It's really all about perspective and stuff like this. Like you have the control over your mind. You just need to take it back. Being able to turn things around by being positive and trying to make an effort, you really will start believing those things and then that will become a pattern of your mind instead of having to constantly catch yourself being negative or dread in it and not understand why you feel terrible. Um, this is my favorite one, treat yourself. So if you feel like you've been in your head a lot 
and you just need a break like me sometimes I can work so much that I just get really clouded and I get headaches that's my first sign so if I get a headache that's how I know that I've worked too much and I need to do something else watch a movie or go shopping if you can't go shopping watch a movie (laughs) I mean there's other things that you can do but just kind of break the cycle of continuously going in for a loop and give your mind a break I think that will kind of keep self-doubt or confidence issues from rising up if you're having a good time doing something that you want to do that will kind of help that mindset that cycle um the last thing is something that I have done the entire time and if you fake the confidence someday soon you're gonna believe it like you don't have to feel confident to just put yourself out there you don't have to feel confident to claim who you are and what you want to do people aren't just courageous like people that are courageous are just taking risks and they're hoping for the best they're looking for the best They don't really know. None of us really know if anything in life is going to be perfect. But if you focus on that and and it ends up being great, then there you go. That's why people kind of stay positive. If you keep thinking positive thoughts, what do they say? Positive things happen. Focusing on the positive keeps me really excited and pumped for the next thing rather than dreading it because I'm thinking of all the ways that I can go wrong. It's all about perspective. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. I've really wanted to talk about imposter syndrome for quite a long time. I just never really had the time to zero in and fully study it. But it's really just self-doubt, like I said before, wrapped up in a shiny package. So if you could even just Google like ways to conquer self-doubt or listen to this and remind yourself that you got this. Failure is okay. It's just redirection. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Like what is really, and you know, sometimes when I really get caught up in my head, I take a step back and I'm like, what is it that I'm really afraid of? Like how much worse can it get? What is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to me and why am I afraid of it? Yeah, I like, I dig deep. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? I don't like to feel negative. So anytime that I do, I immediately address it. And it's kind of like you don't realize that the power is in your hands, but it really is. The last tip that I have to say that has really helped me a ton, and I think it'll help tons of people dealing with their imposter syndrome, is educating themselves. Um, Either investing in like a workshop or a mentor. I highly suggest these things or even a course because the more you educate yourself, the less unqualified and the less undereducated you feel because you're learning and you're learning and you can at least give yourself credit for that so that was one thing that I really did invest in when I first started out when I realized that there was this entire industry I knew nothing about I was like okay I need to start being a second shooter what's a second shooter like there's so much that goes into this but instead of just guessing it making tons of mistakes and having to pick myself back up over and over in an endless cycle Um, I realized that I could invest in a mentor. I could have a mini workshop with someone. I could invest in a workshop just so that I am more educated. I think that is something that a lot of people don't talk enough about is to never stop learning. Like everyone in your life is still learning from someone or something because you're never really going to arrive. So I say that when you start out in this new adventure that you're going to to invest in education and yes there's tons of ways you can get free advice on the internet but if you get it from one source that you admire that has really done this thing 
it will help you so much to focus on that one thing that you really want to skyrocket your success in. I also wanted to let you guys know that I will be launching a mini workshop here pretty soon. I've always wanted to do one and it was just never the right time, but I have so much that I want to talk about and so much that I want to say. I have closed my mentorships forever. Um, It was a lot of work on me and I'm working on bigger and so much better things for you guys, but the workshop But the mini workshop is the first thing. So I will be opening the doors. I'm not going to have any limits unless it's like over 20 people. But I would like to keep it relatively small and quaint and intimate. And I will, of course, completely tailor the workshop to you guys. I have a ton of topics that I want to speak on, but I want it to be relevant to the audience that I'm speaking to. I can't wait if you are local for you to partake in this. So stay tuned for that. I'll be letting you know more about that in the future. And guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Hey, if you loved today's episode, I would love if you took a quick second to leave a rating and five-star review. It truly means the world to me and helps spread the message to photographers just like you who want to go to the next level in their business. So if you're ready to grow your photography business, I want to take the time to invite you to apply to join The Wedding CEO. The Wedding CEO is my all new online business coaching program for wedding photographers who are ready to grow and scale the six figures with ease. I'm talking an easy way to make 10K months and being able to grow something that will sustain your life and business until the test of time. Yes, we know everyone out there is a photographer, but with our three-part framework, you will never experience the market is saturated mindset that everyone seems to have. We want your business to stand out and it will, we promise. So this will be your chance to get coaching directly from me to help you create a strong business foundation that has meaning and supports your why. Most coaches don't teach this. Discover how to push back the mindset blocks that are holding you back from your success so that people only want to work with you specifically, how to execute a five-star luxury client experience that you hear so much about, and gain the confidence to sell to your clients on sales calls in an authentic, easy way. Did I also mention accepted applicants will get an exclusive invite to a private advanced training with me where I'll be sharing exactly how easy it is to make your first six figures. And trust me, you do not want to miss this. So go to Rochelle dot com slash apply. I'll see you there.